show. Let's have some fun on a Friday and ask Dr. Jesse Friday. We have terrible, terrible Biden audio, which is always fun. <laughs> there are emails that are light and fun. We have apparently a platypus fight. There are some very, very, very heavy Ask Dr. Jesse questions tonight. Somebody is estranged now from his brother over the vaccine. People want to know, is Kamala Harris actually a better option? What can Texas do if the federal government comes down on it? And much, 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 much more on the world-famous Jesse Kelly show, Chris. Don't, don't rub your head. World favorite. Yes, uh, by the way, we're still in a dungeon. Um, not in the studio just yet. So if the show sounds a little different, you're just going to have to suck it up. It's different for me too. Now let's, let's address something right now. Because the first question I got was this. Jesse, I need your unmeasurable wisdom. Since children under 12 cannot receive the vaccine, why then is the medical field, among others, pushing for pregnant women to get vaccinated? She says I can use her name. Her name is Nancy. Because we are apparently going to dive right back into COVID madness in this country, and we're going to dive in really, really hard. I just saw a headline right before we came on of, uh, what was his name, Atlas or Gottlieb, one of these doctors, I don't, I don't want to say the wrong name, one of these doctors, I didn't print it out, said, well, we're just about to, uh, we're about to dive into a serious, serious Delta variant thing after Labor Day. And so, look, it, I understand how COVID-weary everybody is, myself included. Aren't you over this garbage by now? But put all this aside. This isn't going to go away for a long, long, long time. I want you to understand that. And I'm not trying to bring you down. It's not going to go away for a long time. And it's not going to go away for a bunch of different reasons. A bunch of different reasons. I'll get to the Joe Biden reason and the Democrat reason and the power struggle reason in just a second. But I was thinking about this. I was actually working out, not to brag, not really working out, just trying to soak up some vitamin D, get some sunshine today. But I was working out this morning. I was thinking about it. How much federal money is tied into every single part of our society now? And this is going to tie back to coronavirus. So hang on a second here. Have you ever actually examined the budget? or any one of these gigantic spending bills. And you'll see occasionally uh, senators, like great senator like Rand, Rand Paul will rant on occasion about, we spent this much money on this and we funded turtle racing here. And, and I mean, insane stuff like that. But if you've ever actually dug through it or read an article by someone else who dug through all that boredom, what you'll find is in our supposedly free market capitalist system here, the federal government takes gigantic quantities of your money and my money and regularly hands it out to everybody. I mean everybody. Everyone seems to, every major industry and minor industry seems to be on some sort of receiving end of some federal grant here, a federal loan there. Oh, we'll forgive, we'll forgive that. What does this have to do with coronavirus? 
all this forced vaccines and we won't give you a transplant unless you get the vaccines and pregnant mothers have to get the vaccine and vaccine this. And va- Why? Why does a, a, it seems like 90, 95% of the medical community, why are they all beaming the exact same message at you at all times? Why did the scientific community come on board you know i've been a scientist since the 60s and this is good science it's a why why did all of them seem to immediately immediately without hesitation carry the system's message without hesitation they do this for this goes way beyond coronavirus too they do the climate change is maybe the biggest thing they do this for virtually every single entity out there they all carry the same message. Carbon dioxide is uh, causing, man-made carbon is causing uh, global warming. There's all kinds of evidence out there that's completely false. And yet every part of the system says it's true. Why? It all goes back to the money. It all comes back to the money. Let's say you're a scientist. You're a scientist, and it's your job to uh, to study viruses. Well, how do you get paid for that? I mean, I realize there are large research institutes and things like that, but in general, do you think there's a huge market for you to dig into viruses outside of the government? There's not necessarily a huge market outside of the government for this sort of thing. What I'm trying to say is they rely so often on gigantic federal grants, federal money. And what's that old saying about don't bite the hand that feeds you? If you're a scientist and you work in this little scientific place and you study viruses and there are 10 employees there and you're you're really digging into viruses, only you really really need that two million dollar federal grant every year and you're getting the feeling the federal government really wants you to say certain things about a virus or climate change or whatnot are you really going to be that much of a scientist that you bite the hand that feeds you and say no 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 it doesn't exist and risk that federal grant money going away and your job going away That was a long way to answer the question, but the truth of the matter is so many people are tied in, money tied into the federal government. And that's why so many different parts of this society will carry the system's message. Do you think banks, especially gigantic banks and financial institutions, do you think they're ever going to come out and publicly blast the insane monetary policy in this country with the absolute avalanche of money that is constantly dumped into these entities? Your or my money, by the way, money we will have to pay back one day. Do you think they're ever going to come out and say, whoa, this, uh, this printing of unbacked currency is really causing a lot of inflation and we're worried about the poor people. Do you think they're gonna say that? Of course not. Of course not. And, Chris, get cut one ready. And let's not forget this about coronavirus. Always keep this in mind. Setting the money aside, let's not forget this about coronavirus. Chris, play Joe Biden on cut one. 
Today's report shows that the steps we've taken, passing the rescue plan and vaccinating 175 million people, make our economy capable of growing and adding jobs, even in the face of this continuing Delta surge. There's no question the Delta variant is why today's job report isn't stronger. I know people were looking and I was hoping for a higher. As you probably figured out, we had a disastrous, disastrous jobs report once again. What's Joe Biden say? Does he step up and say, oh, hey, my bad. I guess I've kind of, I've taken us in the wrong direction. That's why these prices are so high. Widespread supply chain dislocation. I I understand you're very concerned about inflation. And and look, this is on me. I made some mistakes. I'm going to go back to the drawing board and figure out what I did wrong. Did he say that today? No, he got right up to the microphone and he used the greatest gift every power-hungry scumbag in this country has ever received, coronavirus. Well, I've I've done everything right, obviously. (laughs) It's this Delta variant, quite the jobs killer. But I'll tell you what, I have been nailing it, absolutely nailing it. It's It's this coronavirus thing. So that was a long way to answer your question. The question was about why they're pushing these vaccines on pregnant mothers. So much money in the medical community is dependent on carrying the system's message. All right. We have somebody who says, I'm lying about something. Ooh, this is spicy. Hang on. But first, sale of the year is almost over. You know that, right? You've been hearing me tell you about the My Pillow sale of the year for two weeks now. Giza Dream Sheets, the best sheets around, you know, because Giza is the best cotton. They're half off right now. Half off. Giza Dream Sheets are 50% off with My Pillow. But one, the time is limited. And two, you got to go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, and use the promo code JESSE. You can get Giza Dream Sheets as low as $49.99 right now. But you got to use the promo code JESSE. Or you can give them a call. 800-845-0544. 800-845-0544. Again, you have to use the promo code JESSE, though, or you won't get it. Go enjoy these. And if I may make a suggestion, buy two sets. Because when you take one off to wash it, you're not going to want to sleep in anything else. MyPillow.com, promo code JESSE. I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. It was 1989, my thoughts were short, my hair was long. Caught somewhere between a boy and man. She was 17. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday and Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. All the questions are so good. For those curious, you can still email the show during the show. Fridays on the Jesse Kelly Show are different. We we spend the entire show and we answer your questions. We have questions today about poll numbers. Biden has some interesting poll numbers out there. 
We have animal fights, relationship questions. Email jesse at jessekellyshow.com and we will try to get to as many as humanly possible today on the Jesse Kelly Show. It is a Friday. Let's get back to them right now. I'm being accused of lying or, or maybe falsifying something. Hello, Jesse. My husband and I were listening to your show from yesterday and he was saying that your interviews are scripted. I said, no, not Jesse. What is the truth of it? I work in Houston, so on and so forth. I listen to you nearly every day, but this is his first exposure to you. She also finishes, by the way, you are a good looking man, but not a dime for me. My husband is the only dime. <laughs> Didn't say I could say her name, but that's pretty awesome. Interviews are scripted. One, I didn't have an interview. I don't think I've had an interview all week. Two, the funniest part about that is I am actually, here's, let me explain how this works a lot in, in radio and TV. All the people you see, this is, this is how this works. Let me give you a little behind the scenes stuff for how media works. Because I obviously have guests on my show. Not often, not often, because I mean, we all know the focus should be on me. What, Chris? <laughs> all right, but I have guests and I've been guests a million times. I know you've seen me on Fox News and all this other stuff. You've seen it. This is how this works. In general, a booking producer, sometimes the host himself or herself will reach out by text message or email, but lots of times it comes from a booking producer and they'll shoot you an email or a text message in some form. I'll just use myself, for example. They'll send me text. Hey, uh, Jesse, so-and-so would love you to come on uh, Fox News. On uh, Tucker Carlson would love to come you on. Uh, love for you to be on Fox News tomorrow night. Uh, and, whatever. It's 8.30 Eastern, whatever time's on. And I'll resp respond back whether or not I can go. The second I do that, they say, okay, great, thanks. And then, in general, the day of or a few hours before, they will email you or text you the topic they're going to want to discuss with you that night. This is how this is how virtually everyone else does it. I'm just explaining it to you. They'll discuss, uh, Jesse Tucker wants you on an night, and he wants to talk about uh, women in the military. Okay? I generally just say, okay. But oftentimes, depending on the show, oftentimes they will want some idea of what your answer is going to be. Not so they can screen it, not because they don't want it, so they can prepare, especially on TV, so they can prepare visual elements for it. Like if I'm going to say something, oh, women in the military is a huge mistake or something like that, something that'll make everybody mad. They'll have, you know, a, a picture ready to throw on the screen of a, a, a woman falling down carrying a pack or something like that. This is an example. Don't start yelling at me, ladies. <laughs> this, is an, this is just an example. But that's just one example of how that goes, okay? I, as you know, am horribly unprofessional. And I didn't grow up doing this. I've been doing media, radio, and TV for like three years. This is not what I do. For It's not what I've done my entire life. I'm a construction guy. I'm a Marine. I, I, I ran for office. I, I, I'm just, I don't, this isn't what I did. I don't like to prepare for any interviews I personally do. When I'm doing one, whether I'm going on someone else's radio show or TV show, I never even ask. If they offer what the subject is going to be fine, but I don't even ask. Just let's go. Ask me whatever. We'll talk about it. 
I also, I do the same for my guests. That's why the scripted thing is hilarious. It is the least scripted show in the United States of America. Chris, you would call me out on this. Is it fair to say this is the least scripted show in the country? <laughs> Chris just said, our guests will ask him, and this is often, this is the norm. They'll ask him, hey, what does Jesse want to talk to me about? What are we going to be talking about tonight? And Chris always has to tell them, I have no idea. And you know, he probably doesn't either. Not only do I not script them beforehand, I don't script the next question after I've asked the question. Oh, hey, uh, Terry Shepard, thank you for joining us tonight. I'm going to simply ask whatever pops into my head at that given time, which is why sometimes my questions come out as completely random chains of thought. Oh, thanks for your thoughts on Afghanistan, Terry. Can you tell us what's the best cut of steak? You know, th that's why it comes out because I am a dumb person and I am not able to maintain focus for extended periods of time. So that's why the show also goes the way it goes so often. I'm yanking, we're going this way and we're going that way and we're yelling about something and then we're laughing about something stupid and that's, that's the way the show goes. So, actually, if I may say it, I run the least scripted show in the country. <laughs> so there you go. Dr. Jesse, question for the all-knowing Dr. Jesse, since Joe Biden mistakenly lost $82 billion of our military equipment, how much more of our money will this pea-brained idiot give away to the Taliban to save American and Afghan lives? I thought we didn't negotiate with terrorists. Oh, that's right. The Taliban is now a legitimate government. Says not to use his name. Says I absolutely love the show. Listen, as you know, I'm extremely mad about what happened. I, I made no bones about it right when it happened. I'm not going to hold back about it right now either. And I can't believe they're going to attempt to move on from what we just did. They screwed everything up. They got 13 of our warriors killed. And then they packed up and left the country with American civilians still there trying to get out. I, I cannot believe this is something that actually happened in my lifetime. But it did happen. So set that aside. Yeah, they got, yeah, Chris, they got 90% out. What a win. Well, we almost got them all. See you guys back to the States. So let, let, I'm going to set aside my anger of what happened already for just a moment. And let's talk about where, what, where are we now? What is the situation now when it comes to America and not just Afghanistan, but America in the world stage? Because diplomatic relations and alliances and things like that, these are the things that shape the world, remember? These are the things that decide what does the future of the United States look like? Well, there is a huge chain of events going on right now, as I told you there would be, because of what happened in Afghanistan. I'll explain that chain of events in just a second.
Jesse Kelly show and yes it is an ask Dr. Jesse Friday and there was a there was a question about uh, the Taliban in Afghanistan and and what we're doing with their government and all these other things and allow me to explain allow me to explain what's happening not what's happened we know what happened you're mad about it I'm mad about it look it sucks everything sucks but where do we go from here where are we going to go from here not where we should go where where are we going to go well here's where we're going to go China. China's involved. China is heavily involved. What does that mean? What am I talking about? Well, I'm staring at a headline right here. Taliban declare China their closest ally. Their closest ally. This is from PrecisePost.ng. China has been declared the Tal- uh, by the Taliban officials who overthrew the Afghanistan government as their closest ally in the international community. The militants say Beijing is, quote, ready to invest in and reconstruct, end quote, Afghanistan and describe the nation as their principal partner. China would help refine Afghan copper mining, so on and so forth. We have to have a China talk in a second. We'll get back to some more fun questions and whatnot. China, Afghanistan, what happened? All right, so we got out. Taliban take over. China, China wants to dominate the world. And China, you know, you almost have to give them credit for this as much as I hate communists. They've, they're open and honest about the fact they intend to be number one in the world. They are aggressively trying to knock us off the top spot, which is why China has been heavily, heavily investing in so many countries around the world. People don't even realize how heavily invested China is in Africa. There are a bunch of African nations that have natural resources and such. And China, they'll go in there and they're building them facilities and roads and schools. And guess what? Back to what we talked about at the beginning of the show. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. Now they're China's ally. Now, if China needs access here, China wants uh, first priority on resources here. It happens, and it happens immediately. What does this have to do with Afghanistan? Well, Pakistan runs Afghanistan. Runs Afghanistan. Pakistan, again, nuclear power. They pretend to be our ally, but they just funnel terrorists and money and logistics into Afghanistan. What I'm trying to explain is... Afghanistan is about to become a puppet of China. So there's going to be this Afghanistan, Pakistan, Chinese alliance. China has already publicly said, hey, us and Russia, we get along too. What are they doing? They're coming up with a power base they believe will be able to rival ours economically and militarily on the world stage. That's what they're doing right now. Now, what does this have to do with us and dealing with the Taliban? Well, we see this happening. It's obvious. China's not even hiding it. They're trying to make sure Afghanistan becomes a loyal nation to China. We, we're going to try to outbid them. We're going, we are good. I hope you're ready for this. I hope you're ready for this. And it's going to upset so many people, myself included, more than, more than I can put into words. We are going to start sending money to China. They're already out there. The the Biden administration is already out there on camera talking about economic aid. Well, I mean, diplomatic and uh, economic. They're going to need some economic help. Oh, get ready. Are you ready for that money you're sending into the IRS to get put on a U.S. plane and shipped on over to Afghanistan and placed in Taliban hands because it's going to... 
Are you ready for that? I'm not saying this to upset you or make your blood pressure go through the roof because I'm actually making mine go through the roof right now. I want you to understand it's coming. The people we just spent 20 years fighting. The people, our warriors spent, spent 20 years bleeding and dying fighting these people. We're about to try to buy them off to become, if not our ally, at least not our outright enemy. And get this. There are still a bunch of people in Afghanistan, up in the Panjshir Valley, fighting the Taliban. The Taliban are not the only powerful entity in Afghanistan. In fact, the people in the Panjshir Valley, most of them are... I don't know if you can call them allies, probably could call them allies, but people we've worked with for a long time. We are not only just going to pack up and take off, which is fine, we're going to start funding the people who are fighting the people we were just fighting with. Can you believe that? We're going to start fighting the enemy of our allies, funding the enemy of our allies. Gosh, look. It couldn't possibly be going any worse. And I'm not trying to stretch you out. It, just, it could not possibly be going any worse. You know what? We're moving on. We have a lot of Ask Dr. Jesse questions, and this got way too heavy. Shogun of all things food. <clears throat> you mentioned going dove hunting with the boys a while back. I have never been, but I was thinking about going this year. I live in an area in Texas where I hear shotguns going off in the morning, and there is one thing holding me back. How do you cook a dove or 15 of them? What is a good recipe for Dove? He says, I can say his name. His name is Matthew. Well, here's the thing about Dove. They're not very big. They're not very big at all. There's not a lot of meat on them. And therefore, anything without a lot of meat dries out fairly quickly. I'm not actually an expert on cooking Dove. The ones we got last year... What we did, and yeah, I'm taking the boys again this year. In fact, I'll be, it'll be a couple weeks from now. Uh, we're doing it again this year. We're going down, going to go do some dove hunting. And then it's really cool. It's a big father-son dove hunt. So there's all kinds of guys there. And it really all the dads really look out for all the kids and make sure, making sure everyone's on top of their hunter safety. And we spend a day dove hunting. And then they, the, all the kids are required. All the kids are required to go tear the heads off the doves. See, everyone's, everyone's squealing right now. <laughs> to go tear the hairs, heads off the doves and, and, and defeather them and whatnot. But then once you have the dove there ready, we actually bring them over to someone's house. He's got a big house down there. All the dads and sons go over the house. All the boys hop in the pool and they prepare all the doves there. Now, all, I, that was a long way of me saying the only way I can describe it is they just wrapped it all in bacon last year and grilled them. And they were very good, but I'm not actually, I'm not actually an expert on that. Man, that's, that's, that's disheartening, Chris. I thought I was an expert on everything. Look, you can't be great at every single thing. It's just, a, it's just I'm great at most things, Chris. Solution to the bear cloak. You see, as everybody who's been listening to the show this week knows... I want a bear cloak. I want it badly. I, however, do not want to spend $15,000 to kill a grizzly bear. And I'm not even sure I want to kill a grizzly bear, period, because grizzly bears are awesome. I have no problem killing rats like deer, bears, and lions and stuff. They're really cool. But anyway, plan a camping trip. This is this guy's suggestion. Purchase the largest beef roast and largest turkey. Purchase a box of rat poison and several boxes of liquid Benadryl. 
Dissolve the rat poison in water. This is concerning. Inject the rat poison and Benadryl into the fresh meats and place in a rucksack. Do not refrigerate the meat while driving to your campsite. This guy really put some thought into this, Chris. <laughs> Hang the rucksack from a high tree or limb in order to simulate a campsite. Wait for the bear to come and enjoy himself. The Benadryl and tryptophan should induce a nice nap. Then uh, then he says the comedine or whatever should induce a nice intracranial bleed. Should a ranger come by, just explain that your wife is a lousy cook. You got your cloak. <sighs> okay. I support I support the ingenuity of the email. If I'm going to kill one, I'm not going to poison it. That's such a chick thing to do. I'm not going to poison it. You can't poison it, right, Chris? you got to shoot it. I understand. All right. You know what? We'll dig into this during the break, and we have something else. Lockdowns. Climate change. Somebody made a connection. Is there, is there one? Hang on. I love a good disruptor. I love a company that comes in and shakes up the status quo because you know who wins when companies do that? You win and I win. I love Pure Talk. I'm just the biggest fan because I'm so tired of these overpriced data plans that you get from Verizon and AT&T and T-Mobile. You can get Pure Talk and save, on average, get this, an average family saves over $800 a year when they switch to Pure Talk. And there's no sacrifice of coverage either. This isn't some fly-by-night company. They use the same network as the big guys. You can keep your phone. You can keep your number. Or you can get big discounts on iPhones and Androids. From your cell phone, do this for me. From your cell, right now. Dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly. And you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly. You'll have the option to receive a one-time auto-dial text message from Pure Talk. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday and Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. No guests today. No phone calls. Because I'm in a dungeon. We're in a dungeon. I'm not at the studio. Quarantine reasons. No phone calls. No guests. Just nothing but me. Three hours of me. What could possibly be any better than that? Moving on to the Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Oh, and before I forget, if you miss any part of the show, any part of the show, you can get the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave a review talking about how handsome I am. And as you see, there's about a thousand of them right now, and they absolutely make me laugh, and they make me laugh hard. <laughs> All right, very quietly, I keep seeing reports about air quality. Um, this is an email I'm reading, by the way. Very quietly, I keep seeing reports about air quality improvement during lockdowns. I wonder if the lockdowns actually have more to do with climate change agenda than COVID. Your thoughts? Yes and no. What do I mean by that? Well, 
they didn't do all the COVID stuff on behalf of climate change. And it's important for you always, always keep in mind, you must always remember this. The communists don't care about climate change either. They don't believe in it at all, at all. That's why the Obamas have a Martha's Vineyard uh, mansion on the water. That's why John Kerry flies private all over the globe. It, these people don't believe in climate change, nor do they care about it. The communists don't care about racism. The communists don't care about women. The communists don't care about LGBTQ. The, the, the communists don't care about any of these things. These are simply different menu items they've put on the menu to bring as many people in the restaurant as humanly possible. This is all just about communism. Think about this like uh, McDonald's. Not to drag McDonald's through the mud, but think about this like McDonald's. Does McDonald's only sell the quarter pounder? Well, no. No, McDonald's has a filet of fish. They have quarter pounders. They'll obviously have some chicken options. They're, they've even thrown salads and things like that on there. Why so many different menu things? Because they're trying to bring as many people inside the store to buy as humanly possible. That's what you see with all the different aspects of communism here in America. They're all just different branches of the exact same ideology. But, you know, this guy, he may not care about uh, race, but he, he's very passionate about LGBTQ stuff. So you just brought him into the store. You know, this lady, she doesn't care about climate change. It means nothing to her. She doesn't even really believe in it. But she's a passionate feminist and women are oppressed here. So you sell that and you bring her into the store. It's all just different menu items. How does this relate? Well, coronavirus has been a gigantic win for these people. A huge, huge win. The rich, powerful people in this country have acquired more wealth and power in the last year and a half than you can possibly imagine. Than you can possibly imagine. But it's not about climate change. They're simply going to use much of what they learned from coronavirus and they're going to make the next catastrophe about climate change. And there will always be another catastrophe coming. Remember, because nobody, no happy, content person in the history of mankind has signed on to communism. And the communist, to his credit, has always understood that. Either you pounce on the misery that exists, or you better create some. Because happy, content, Grateful people, these people outright reject the, the thought of communism, and the communist knows this. So they have to create catastrophes, and they have to create fear. That's why once coronavirus got here, it took about five seconds for them to realize, oh, oh, this is nice. This is really, really nice. They're going to do the same thing with climate change. As soon as you finally outright reject all lockdowns, all mandates, all everything. As soon as, as soon as the final fig leaf falls, they're going to move on to something else. It's not as if they're going to say, ah, oh, we lost our thing. That was our thing. We were getting so much money and power for that. Now we have nothing. Oh, well, let's go home. They won't miss a beat. They'll move right along to the next thing. Oh, haven't you? Because here's what we showed them. Maybe not you personally, probably not you, but as a nation, as a whole, on a macro level, what we showed them was just scare us bad enough. Just make us afraid enough and we'll give over all of our liberty. And they did. 
They did you, the, the the numbers to this day on what people think about mask mandates and lockdowns and forced vaccines. The numbers are not with us at all. This public is scared to death. And I watched it. I've, I've never had a more disheartening moment in my entire life. Maybe, maybe one time, actually. Maybe one time I've had a more disheartening moment. But the, what happened last year, a year and a half, when all of America just put its head down and said, okay, daddy government, I'm scared. I don't want little Bryson to die. Oh, yeah, you can have all my liberty. Oh, I'll, yeah, take my job, too. Oh, I'll just, I'll go home and I'll, I'll watch some Netflix. Will you let me know when it's safe? When it's safe to come out? We did it. And in case you're wondering what the other disheartening time was, it was when we were in Iraq. And we were uh, obviously pushing towards Baghdad and fighting and whatnot. And we're a bunch of proud Marines, right? We're proud Americans. Flying our American flags. And they came out one morning, in combat, mind you. They came out one morning and said, take down your American flags. And we said, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, what? What do you mean take down your American flags? Because we were riding in uh, these Amtraks. They're these armored troop carriers. Although the armor is not much. But we were riding in these Amtraks. And we were obviously flying, proudly flying American flags from them. And they told us to take them down. And we said, what? Yeah, this, a word came down from the administration. This is actually the Bush administration. Uh, they don't want us to look like a, a, a conquering army. Okay, if I, if I can't fly my American flag while I'm fighting for my country, then why do you have me over here fighting for my country? That was a disheartening moment. I'll tell you what, though. That's one of those moments that wakes you up. And I mean wakes you up. All right. One of the heaviest asked Dr. Jesse questions I've ever been asked. Somebody, because of the vaccine, is estranged from his brother. What do you do? What should he do? Let's talk about it. Hang on. Kelly show. Oh man, what a great day. How great are Fridays? It's Friday, man. But pick your chin up. It is Friday. It's been a heavy enough week. Lord willing, post Labor Day, I will be out of this dungeon I've been broadcasting in all week, quarantined and back in the studio. I just look, I don't feel like I'm at my best unless I'm out and about i'm a man about town chris if you will actually don't know exactly what that means but i heard the phrase and now that's what i want to be moving on to your emails dear oracle j steel kelly the third gosh this is a heavy one last night i was talking to my brother on the phone when he asked me if i'm vaccinated i simply respond no i'm not and that I don't see the reason to get it as I'm not at risk. I'm 31, in fantastic shape, and no health concerns. He then asks if it would change my mind if it meant I wouldn't be allowed to see him and his newborn son. I was taken aback by this, but apparently the pediatrician they are seeing told them 
that no one is no one who is willingly refusing to get the jab should be allowed to hold or be near him. I told him that less than 500 kids under 18 have died from this, and it didn't phase him one bit. I now know what Yuri was talking about when, when he said you can show people proof of something, but the true still won't believe it. We are officially the unclean. It's happening just like all other times in history. I know you often say there are more of us than there are of them, but how do you fight off the feeling of betrayal and isolation? Any advice would be welcome. He said, you can say my name on the air. His name is Jake. First of all, Jake, I am sorry. That is uh, heavy. In case you're wondering what he was talking about, when he brought up Yuri. Now, and anybody who listens to, who's listened to this show for any length of time knows exactly what he was talking about. But I realize I have to keep remembering that we're picking up new listeners all the time, which obviously we're extremely grateful for. It's, it's, it's better than going the other direction, I suppose. Yuri is a reference to Yuri Bezmanov. He was a KGB guy. He defected in 1984. Well, I don't know if he defected in 84, but he defected from this communist Soviet Union. And in 1984, he sat down for a long, I believe it's an hour and a half long or close to it, a long, long sit-down interview. It's on YouTube. You can go to YouTube and watch this thing, and I would highly recommend you do, or just have it on in the background. It's not like you have to watch it. It's just two guys talking have it on in the background and play it in your home. But he sat down for an hour and a half long interview describing what they were doing here, what they were doing in America, how the communists were attacking America. Because always keep this in mind when we talk about the Cold War and America versus the Soviets and freedom versus communism and whatnot. Remember this. There's a way of thinking, um, because we were taught this way, that the Soviet Union was this big, super aggressive grizzly bear and they could take us down and it was neck and neck there for a while. And it, it was never neck and neck. It was never even close. Their economic output simply, there's just no way they could ever dream of, of staying with us. And so they had to spend 90% of their budget on their military just to attempt to keep up with our military. They, 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 they were never going to make it. They were never an equal. All right, I'm not going to say they weren't big and scary, but they were never close to an equal. And they knew it. They were well aware of it. I mean, they, they know all the numbers. They're looking at planes and ships and dollars and cents. They know it. They knew that. The communists always understood that, so they chose a different tactic. Well, a bunch of different tactics, but one of the tactics they chose was they were going to attempt to import communism into the United States of America by taking over our cultural institutions. Now, there were a lot of cultural institutions they wanted, entertainment, because entertainment does matter. The, cult, the communists understands that. For some reason, we on the right do not. And education was critical, critical, critical. And I'm going to answer your question, by the way. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But I want to play people, Yuri Bezmanov. Here's a long clip of Yuri. I may step in here at one point or another to describe a couple things. But here's a long clip of Yuri Bezmanov explaining, hey, look, you have to understand once people, once you've demoralized the country, then basically you can convince people of anything you want, and they, 
they'll never unlearn it. They'll believe it all the way because you've made the state their religion. Chris, go ahead, play it. Play Yuri. Ideological subversion is, is the slow process which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, in the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interests of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. It's a great brainwashing uh, process which goes very slow and it's divided in, in four basic stages. Uh, the first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. Second, stop the, this for a second. What's he talking about without, get, without being challenged by, by, by Americanism? You see this everywhere today. Everywhere you go today, you see this. You just may not realize it. People pretend, and this is this is the this is so ingrained in our society. This is ninety percent of the right will talk like this. Oh, America is uh, multicultural. Oh, we're just uh, a big melting pot. Oh, America's just everybody and everything, and just freedom, freedom. Just do whatever you want and freedom. It's, it, they act as if there is no such thing as Americanism. It was it was a brilliant strategy. Brilliant strategy by them to destroy the very concept of Americanism, of a country, a Judeo-Christian nation. Not that you have to be that. I don't care what you are. I'm not, not your pastor. But a Judeo-Christian nation that is part of our culture, is part of who we are, a nation that limits the size of the government and the belief that the individual should be free here. It is a unique culture, an extremely unique culture. And you need to flat out reject Anybody, left or right, who says things like, oh, we're just anything, just a bunch of, just a bunch of different things. That's a, that's a complete lie. And it's part of how the communists got us. Anyway, go on, Chris. Of Americanism, American patriotism. The demoralization process in the United States is basically completed already. Uh, for the last 25 years, Actually, it's overfulfilled because demoralization now reaches such areas where previously not even Comrade Andropov and, and all his experts would, would even dream of such a tremendous success. Most of it is done by Americans to Americans, thanks to lack of moral standards. As I mentioned before, uh, exposure to true information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Uh, even if I shower him with information, with, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camp, 
he will refuse to believe it. You see this across the United States of America right now when it comes to coronavirus. We are so broken down as far as being individual thinkers in this society. Such a bunch of uh, system serfs is what we've become. All it took was a little virus. All it took was the propaganda machine getting fired up, telling everybody, convincing every single person they're going to die. You're going to die really soon. And soon, we have a bunch of people who believe outright lies. People believe insane things. We have a brother denying his brother the right to see him and his child. All right, I will give you my answer on what I actually think you should do about that in just a second. But first, financial hard times are always around the corner, aren't they? I mean, they always, eventually you're going to get to one. And I think we can all agree we got one coming. Look at this inflation. Look at these numbers. Get some real gold in your hand. And that safe you have at the house, you should have a passport. You, you should have some cash. And you should have real gold. When you get a hold of Oxford Gold Group at 833-995-GOLD and you tell them Jesse told you to call, they will work with you. It's super, super easy. And they'll put real gold in your hands. Real gold delivered to your front door so you always have value whatever the future brings call 833-995-GOLD that's 833-995-GOLD tell them jesse told you to call oxford gold group they will take good care of you feeling a little stocky follow like and subscribe on social at jesse kelly dc It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Chris, what is this music? What is this? Is this Kenny G? Did you just play Kenny G on a Friday? Is that what this is? Don't do... <sighs> Chris, it is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday on the show. I'm in a good mood. You're not going to drag me and everyone else down with your Kenny G. It's got to stop. It's got to stop now. It's got to stop now. Back to your questions. The question was, Guy's brother told him, hey, you're not allowed to come see me and my newborn unless you get the vaccine. I don't have anything to say to you that's going to make that hurt less. I don't have anything to say to you that's going to make it hurt less. I'm simply going to tell you this. And this is going to sound so depressing. I almost even don't want to put it this way, but I, I'm, I'm not trying to bring you down. I'm trying to get you ready. Are you ready for this? In the coming years, because we have some real struggles coming that are going to be very, very unique. Nothing you've ever lived through. Nothing your parents lived through. Nothing your grandparents lived through. The divisions in this society are, are unhealable at this point in time. We have hard times coming. And that's fine. Look, you and I don't get to pick the period of history we've been given. This is the period of time God's given us. We'll have to do what we can with it. I'm trying to tell you this. In the coming times, you're going to have a feeling of hurt and betrayal more than you want. 
There are going to be people in your life, sometimes family members, sometimes your own brother, who lose their minds and turn their backs on you. And I, I know that doesn't make it any easier, but I do want you to understand it is also the history of the world when systems get all rotted out and corrupted and the propaganda is so heavy. Brothers turn against brothers. Children turn against their parents. Husbands turn against wives and vice versa. When, when a system gets rotted out like this, you lose people you don't want to lose and you lose people you never thought you were going to lose. Your brother probably isn't the last of them. I, I've, it's already happened to me with people in my life, believe it or not, with, 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 because of what I do just creates this rage in some people and they're just gone and that sucks. That's the way it goes though. Jesse, there is a question concerning, this is a question concerning religion. Ooh, spicy. On one of your previous shows, you mentioned that you left the church you very much liked when the pastor introduced white supremacy into the mix. In case you're wondering what he's talking about, we had a church we loved down here in Texas, and I mean loved, heavily involved in it, whatnot, loved it. And then George Floyd dies, pastor sends out an email before, before church that Sunday, sends out an email to everyone in the church telling everybody he's attending a what white people need to know conference and i'm mortified right i'm absolutely mortified so i send him a private message not not yelling or anything like that nothing out of line i really just wanted to talk him because i could feel what was coming and i said hey i just just wanted to reach out wanted to know if you wanted to sit down and talk about this this is this is a real cultural marxist thing this is not this is not good it's not what you think uh, flat out stiff arms me. No, no, stiff arms me. Okay, I could have lived with that. I, look, pastor doesn't work for me. Gets up there in the, from the pulpit that Sunday, starts talking about, we all have to acknowledge our white privilege. I have white privilege. Turned around, walked out the door, have never been back. That's what he's talking about. Anyway, what do you think, uh, This back to the email, what do you think of pro-abortion politicians who claimed to be Catholic and yet blatantly and publicly disregard the teachings of their faith. Also, what do you think of uh, the response or non-response of the American bishops to this? Okay, full disclosure here on a couple things. Well, I am perfectly happy criticizing my own religion because I feel that we have to keep ourselves in check. And I'm happy talking about other religions too. I mean, how much, how much, how many times have you heard me make fun of Chris for being Jewish? And, and we make fun of all, we, we, we laugh about all kinds of things. I'm not a Catholic though, so I don't think I can come down hard on Catholics uh, or the bishops. And I'll be completely frank with you, I don't even understand the whole bishop cardinal thing. I'm not ripping on you for, for, for your thing. It's not my thing. And I don't get the ranking. All right. I don't get the command structure. So I'm going to set that part of it aside. As far as the politicians go, claim to be Catholic and yet they're very pro-abortion. These people aren't Catholic. These people are communists. We've had this talk a lot. There, you cannot serve two gods. It's not humanly possible. You serve one at all times. They don't care about Catholicism. 
That doesn't, it means nothing to them. Joe Biden's up there today and actually said on camera, well, I don't really believe life begins in con- uh, conception and all. He was doing, going full pro-abortion about this Texas thing. Joe Biden doesn't, he's not a Catholic. Joe Biden is Catholic whenever he needs to shave off a few Catholic votes. I, under, I respect people who think that, who don't support Roe v. Wade. I respect their views. I respect them, they, those who believe life begins in the moment of conception. And all. I, I respect that. Don't agree, but I respect that. I'm not going to impose that on people. I don't agree. That's, okay, then you're not Catholic. And I say that as someone who's not a Catholic. All my Catholic buddies are raging about this. This is blatantly against Catholicism. Yeah, he's not a Catholic. He's Catholic for five minutes on the campaign trail when he knows he needs to shave off the 5% of the Catholic vote he'll get. And it may be higher. I didn't look that up. I mean, for all I know, he got 50% of the Catholic vote. But that's the, he's Catholic only as much as it grants him more money and power, like all these people are. Steel Kelly III. We hear you talk about bears and tigers and crocodiles, but you never talk about birds of prey. How awesome would it be to have a falcon or hawk on your arm that you command to hunt your food? Are you afraid of the two-inch talons ripping out your eyes? Okay, let's first of all, let's have a talk. I don't want this to come off wimpy. I have a reputation to uphold here. Are birds a little creepy? Chris, are birds a little creepy or is it just me? I am not a wuss. No, I didn't say I was scared of them. It's not like I see a little blue jay flying overhead and I'm diving under the cars. Oh, man, the emails I'm going to get after this because you people are such terrible people. I'm not scared of birds. They're just a little creepy. That said, I would love a bird of prey, but I don't want some falcon or hawk. I want one of those big, uh, what are they, harpy eagles, Chris? I think they're the biggest bird of prey in the world. They have this gigantic wingspan, and I've seen videos of them before. Have you seen what these things do? Oh, gosh, I'm out of time. I'll tell you in a second. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday, halfway through the show already. Man, just time time flies when I spend time with me. I'll be honest with you. What, Chris? All right, but the email was about because I always have I've wanted, you know, pet tigers and bears and crocodiles. The guy wanted me to have a bird of prey. Those harpy eagles, you can look up videos of this, they're online. They eat monkeys. They just fly through the air and snatch monkeys out of the trees and eat them. That's just sick. Gosh. What if... No, we'd get in, wake, we'd get in too much trouble. I was going to say, what if we were to actually make that a sport? Turn, do, turn loose a bunch of monkeys in the football stadium and have the eagles swooping down and snatching them up? Oh, the animal rights people would freak out. Nah, never mind. Back to your emails. Regarding your leftist celebrate abortion, a good example is here in Nebraska. They even have pro-choice vanity license plates that you can put on your Prius. <laughs> I think they even say Planned Parenthood, too. Look, 
I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. It's a Friday. I have a million listener emails to go through, and I talked about it yesterday. I'm just going to say this again. I am absurdly pro-life. I mean, you name it, I'm pro-life. I'm as far to the right on that issue, and pretty much most of them, as you can possibly be. But I get people who aren't, or people who don't care about it, or they're a little bit, or they don't want this. Or I, I get it. I get. It. I don't yell at anybody for that. What I don't get is who celebrates it. I mean, who? How broken do you? Does your soul have to be to look at snuffing out the life of a baby, a baby growing in its mother, and say, "Nice." That was awesome. You know what? I I had fun. I think I want to do it again. How how torn up inside mentally are you? You are deranged. And the, I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. There are I disagree with everything about the communist platform. There are two things about it that genuinely creep me out, though. One, how open they are about wanting to disarm us, as if we can't see why. And two, their love of abortion. It is just... Ugh. Moving on. Beloved Oracle Bandito of self-nicknaming. For years, I have tried to maximize the value of things in my home, including my home. I treat everything with a degree of care and make sure I have a light touch and try to be graceful. My entire family is the opposite and seem indifferent to the destruction. This has gone on for years. Should I just accept it and never say anything? Years of friendly reminders and gripping and griping haven't really helped or do i keep it up just to hopefully maybe but unlikely slow down their unnecessary reign of destruction if you say my name my family will love it and celebrate by jumping on a couch and bringing another kitten in to scratch up the wall (laughs) his name is patrick okay couple things i don't want to hear any complaining out of you patrick i don't want to hear any complaining about any of you or out of any of you when it comes to home destruction my oldest son, his name's James. He, I've talked about this before. He never stops moving. And I mean, never. That's why we have him. He's running cross country now. He just has to go, he has to go burn energy. And if you happen to give him you know, a piece of chocolate, this is not made up. We'll just kick him outside for 20 minutes. James, you, you just go outside, go run and jump and do flips and leap. He, James will burn a thousand calories playing video games when we let them play video games you walk in he's not he's not doing what normal people do sit down controller in your hand and play video games he is jumping with the characters and leaping that's james because that's who he is he has broken let me see four couches and my lazy boy recliner about about five six years ago the wife got me in an extra large lazy boy recliner because I'm huge. I'm 6'8", 230, and it was the greatest thing ever. The only chair I've ever f- fit in properly and whatnot, it lasted about two years, and it's just no insult on lazy boy. They make great stuff. They're, they don't sponsor the show or anything. They just make great stuff. James could not stop running across the room and diving into it because he got a good bounce off of it. Soon, my once comfortable chair had a metal bar that stabbed me in the lower back every single time I sat in the chair. James has carved a path of destruction through this house that Genghis Khan would be horrified by at this point in time. So I don't want to hear anything from any of you about people destroying your stuff. 
That said, I know you're going to find this shocking. I can be fairly strict on a few things. Now, most things I'm not. To be, in full disclosure, most things I am not. I like to have fun with my buddies and we laugh and, and joke about stuff. But like leaving the door open, I have such a unique loathing for flies and mosquitoes. I yell when the door is left open. When, in fact, if the door is left open more than once, you will walk outside. I don't care if it's 100 degrees out in the middle of the summer in Houston, and you will spend time outside before I allow you back into my home. That's how adamant I am. And speaking of the flies and mosquitoes, when I say I have a unique hatred of them, I understand everybody hates flies and mosquitoes. I, I, I didn't offend a single person when I said I hated flies and mosquitoes, and I offend people with everything I say. There wasn't a single person listening to the sound of my voice who said, What? How could you how could you hate those mosquitoes? I love mine. You know, everyone hates them. But when we were in Iraq, and I've never looked this up, I don't know the reason for it. When we were in Iraq, once we got done with the actual war part of it, and then we had to start, you know, doing other things, we left Baghdad and we went down to a city called Najaf. Now, truth be told, I haven't even looked at a map. I don't even know where Najaf is in Iraq. I just know that's the city. It's called Najaf. And we had to do all these patrols, and, and there were bombs. But it doesn't, doesn't matter. But they have a fly season there. And when we were there, we were there in the beginning, so there were no facilities. There were none of these gigantic bases, you know, with, uh, with, gigant, with, with, with buildings and tents and air conditioning and restaurants. And there were, there were no facilities at all. I actually had to have something done on one of my teeth when I was there. They had to throw me in a Humvee convoy and drive me like three hours away to an Air Force facility that was in the south of the country to try. I mean, there, were, there, were no, there was nothing there is what I'm saying. So we ended up, you have to sleep outside or you're in some random concrete building that doesn't even have windows. You're, you're open air, open air living. They have some kind of fly season there. It, it's like something out of the Bible. It's like something out of the Bible. And Chris, I'm actually talking about Old Testament. So even you people will know what I'm talking about. The, the plagues and the Pharaoh and Moses and the flies that came. I'm, I'm, I swear to you, I am not overplaying this. We would wake up in the mornings because again, there's no AC, there's no nothing. It's 120 degrees. We would wake up in the mornings. We finally did get cots, although most of the time you didn't want to sleep on them, but we wake up either on the floor or in our cots and every morning, this is how you woke up. There was no preventing it. You woke up, you were covered in sweat because it was roasting hot. So you would wake up roasting, covered in sweat with flies crawling all over your face. Oh, I don't mean a fly lands on your chest. You would wake up to flies. They were all over your body because you had to sleep in your skivvies. Otherwise, you'd roast to death. They, you'd wake up. They'd be all over your body. But what really woke you up was the flies landing on your face every single day. I know you're cringing right now. I get it. I'm cringing thinking about it. So because of that, I have PTSD when it comes to leaving the freaking door open. We're moving on. Dear Dr. Jesse have to take issue with your comments about Chuck Schumer. I've never viewed him as a communist true believer. When I look at Schumer, I see a pure cynic, almost the Webster's definition. He believes in nothing. Pushing the communist agenda is his way of maintaining power, so he's mastered the commie act. As you once commented about Kamala, he'd be to the right of Goldwater if that was his path to power. By the way, you are funnier than any late-night comic. Loyal listener. He didn't say I could say his name. One. You say Chuck Schumer is not a true believer. Yes, but I think 
I think we're all missing something. Let me explain something about Chuck Schumer and most of these people, including Biden. Hang on. Husband and wife driving home from dinner. They get stopped at a red light, surrounded by an angry mob. Mob starts banging on the car, yelling, which would be scary enough, but they manage to get the door open. Get their hands on the husband, start dragging him from the car. By the grace of God, he had his Hero 2020 non-lethal weapon right there beside him. He shoots his attacker twice in the chest with it, unleashes this brutally powerful chemical irritant. His attackers back off. You know what the husband and wife are doing to this day? Sleeping together in love and alive because of Hero 2020. I own one of these things. Highly encourage you to go get one. Go to Hero2020.com. Use the code Kelly for a special discount. Hero2020.com. Code Kelly. State law restrictions may apply. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday and Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. And don't forget, you can still email during the show. We're checking emails during the show. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Email the show anything you want. Your love, your hate, your death threats. All the emails go directly to Chris. He prints them all out for me. I read every single one. I am never going to respond to you. I get way too many and I'm very rude, but I'm going to read it. The question was about Schumer. I called Schumer a communist yesterday. Guy wrote in and said, hey, I don't think he is. I think he's just acting like he is for power, trying to maintain power and gain more power. Yeah, that's a lot of them. That's a lot of them. Of course that, no, I'm sure you're right, but the end is still the same. The end is still the same. They use the same tactics. They believe in the same things. It doesn't matter if he truly believes it in his heart. There's a lot of them like that. Oh, you're right though. You're right. This one's from, oh, I'm not allowed to say his name, but I bet he, this guy says, I bet you stood out like a turd in a punch bowl while standing in formation. Probably real clumsy, lanky, and the laughing stock of your B, of your DIs in boot camp. This is obviously talking about uh, the Marine Corps boot camp. Well, uh, a couple things about that are 100% true. One, definitely was lanky. No question was clumsy. And yes, I stood out big time. Was not the laughing stock. Would I say I was an average Marine? I mean that. I wasn't good, but I wasn't bad either. I mean, it was fine. Uh, was it a laughing stock? They did understandably despise the fact that I was taller than all of them. So what they would do is we have these uh, foot lockers. You know what a foot locker is. We have these foot lockers, and that's where you have to keep most of your stuff in, in Marine Corps boot camp. Well, they would, when they were really, really mad at me, or sometimes just when they decided they wanted to be mad at me, they would grab the foot lockers and they would pull them over in front of me, and they would stand on top of the footlockers so they could look down on me and yell at me and scream in my face, and they're all spitting in your face when they're yelling and stuff like that. It's just good fun. It's just boot camp stuff. It's not that big of a deal. Email. 
to the man who lost the work keys. I did not lose the work keys. He's referencing to a story I told two days ago about the time I got fired by my father for one day after he accused me of losing the work keys. I did not lose the work keys. I I can't, people are the worst. My mother-in-law tells me how how deadly COVID is for kids. And I went to the CDC website that's updated every Wednesday and show the number 400 deaths since they started reporting back in 2020. And she looks at me and said, that's not what I saw on the news. And the first thing I thought of was the Yuri clip about showing facts and they still won't believe it. Thanks. Love the show. Chris, can you play, can you play just the end of that thing? And we played a, we played a whole two minute version of this earlier in the show, which is longer than I normally play. But I just want you, this is Yuri Bezmanov, the KGB defector. This is his interview from 1984, talking about what happens when you've demoralized the society, as we have so much in America, and then they get propaganda poured into their heads and they'll believe anything. Play it. Thanks to lack of moral standards, as I mentioned before, uh, exposure to true information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Uh, Even if I shower him with information, with with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it. You're seeing this all over society. How many parents out there, how many parents out there do you still see walking around outside with a mask on their child. How many? They're everywhere. You could probably look outside wherever you are right now and see. They're absolutely everywhere. I've told these stories before, and they still blow me away. I saw it again today when I was outside. Lady drives by in her SUV by herself, driving around in an SUV by herself. Mask on. There's nothing you can say to that person. There's nothing you could show to that person to change what they believe. That is a demoralized sheep who is incapable of critical thought. And here's the thing. Here's what's so hard for for people like you and me to accept. They don't want to have critical thought. They want to be told what to do, what to believe. And if you even attempt to introduce the real world to them, reality to them, they will oftentimes react angrily. They'll get mad at you about it. How many times have you had some communist, when you try to point out the basic facts of what he believes be wrong, just lash out at you and start calling you names and all kinds of things? That's why they do that. These people do not want to reside in reality. You, you can't even relate to that. I can't even relate to that. But that's how these people think. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. On to your emails. Dear Mr. Handsome Marriage Saver, I've been saying it for years and years since the disgusting flats became a thing. He's, dis- he's talking about those ballet flats women wear now. My wife is a dime and has slowly been transitioning into more flats. After I told her the great oracle said they are unflattering and basically take her from a 10 to a 6 or a (laughs) 7, she listened to the show, then threw out all her flats the next day. God bless you for saving our marriage. (laughs) Look, 
I have said it before, and I know I I know people roll their eyes because I've actually made a big societal thing about this, but I do think it is very reflective. I think the women wearing ballet flats thing it's it's really really reflective as of where we are in America in 2021. What do I mean by that, ladies? And I'm not anti tennis shoes or boots or anything else. I, I, you don't hear me saying wear high heels all day long. I, I'm not I'm not putting that on anyone else. Those ballet flats that women wear, those are the ugliest things I've ever seen in my entire life. They're the ugliest, least flattering things I have ever seen in my entire life. Every time I see a woman wearing them, I'm just dumbfounded that she looked in the mirror, put those on, and thought to herself, yeah, this is something I should wear outside. But it it is indicative of a bigger societal problem. What am I talking about? I'll explain in a second. And here's what happened when they decided to cut loose. They headed down to El Paso. I swear they ran into a great big hassle. Billy Joe shot a man while robbing his castle. Jesse Kelly show final hour on a Friday and ask Dr. Jesse Friday. We're talking about, uh, I got an email about women's flats, the ballet flats. Some guy was thanking me for saving his marriage or whatnot. And I actually believe they're indicative of a larger societal problem we have. What do I mean by that? Jesse, how could you get that out of women's shoes? This is what I mean. Women's flats, the ballet flats women wear, they're the most disgusting, detestable, unflattering things anyone has ever seen. And everyone knows it. Everybody knows it. Every single person looks at a woman wearing her flats and knows in their mind, that's awful looking. Women know it. Men know it. And yet, everybody lies. Because we live in a society that prefers comforting lies to hard truths. And we live in a society of weak men. Because the truth is this. The first time a woman put on flats, what should have happened was her husband, boyfriend said, you've got to be kidding me. That looks like garbage. Can we, can we wear something else? And if she'd have said something back like, no, I'm wearing this, the husband or boyfriend should walk into the room and come out dressed for the date in sweatpants. And she would say, you're not going out looking like that. And he should say back to her, why? I thought we were just wearing whatever's comfortable tonight. Oh, do we actually have standards for what we should be wearing? Never mind. I'll go change. You do the same. That's the conversation that should have happened. Instead, because we live in a pillow soft country now, she came out in flats and said, what do you think of my flats? And because every guy's supposed to be some idiot weak doofus now in this country, all the men said, oh, I guess it looks really pretty. Those look way better than the high heels and skirts you used to wear. And her girlfriends lie 
because they want to wear them too. And so this, it's become this gigantic female cabal of lies. Oh, those flats look so cute on you. Oh, where did you get those? Oh, I'm going to get flats too. They all look so cute. We, are the, we as a society have once again decided we're just going to settle on a big lie that everyone knows is a lie, but confronting it is too uncomfortable for the men and the women don't want to want to confront it because they want to keep wearing them. So this has simply become acceptable work attire. I see women in a professional environment wearing it. I see women out on dates wearing them. Gosh, it's terrible looking. You know we're going to get hate mail after that, Chris. <laughs> All your hate mail can go to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Um, it's important if you have real hate in your heart, make sure you address those to Chris so he gets them first. Moving on to the emails. Dear Oracle leader of the anti-communists, what happened to my representative Lauren Boebert coming on and accepting her crown as the hottest congresswoman? Okay, hold on one second. First, for those who don't have any idea what he was talking about, as everyone knows, I'm a pretty bipartisan dude, but in the interest of bipartisanship, I came up with the list that I broadcast on the show. I ranked, <laughs> I ranked in order the 10 hottest congresswomen in Congress. Republicans and Democrats all were welcome on my bipartisan list. And obviously, Lauren Boebert of Colorado was the runaway leader. She was supposed to come on our show that Monday night and formally accept her crown. But what happens is... When they're back in Washington, D.C., they have certain votes they're required to be there for. They can't leave. Like, you can't, oh, I got to go grab a burger. No, no, no. Your, your butt's in the chair, and you have to sit there and vote. When she was supposed to be on the show, they had extended the time in Congress, and she couldn't get out of the votes to come be on the show. I should reschedule her because she's a friend of mine, and I, I, I should reschedule her. I hesitate to do so because I don't like teasing something and then not delivering it. And that's not, generally not a good practice. Oh, Congressman Lauren Boebert's coming up next. Oh, sorry, guys. She's not here. I don't like doing that. I'm going to get her rescheduled anyway. One of the funniest stories, though, was I was talking with Boebert about this whole thing. Uh, and uh, one of the women on the list um, uh, is uh, Beth Van Doyne, or so, I don't know how to say her name. She's a Texas congresswoman. I, th I think she was third or fourth. And we just call her Beth Van Dyme on this show because we're low class. Well, I was talking with Lauren Bobert about it, and she was joking about the whole thing. And I said, I wonder if Beth actually knows about the list. See, I forget about the reach of the show now. And Lauren says to me back, she says, oh, she knows. And I said, what do you mean, what do you mean how does she know? Apparently, Beth Van Dyme took her son to go introduce him to Lauren Boebert and introduced Lauren Boebert to her son as the hottest congresswoman and herself as like third or fourth. She had seen the list. <laughs> so you know what? Chris, remind me. I think next week we need to get Beth Van Dyme on too. Let's just go ahead and get this hashed out on the air. Can you think of a, can you think of a good reason we shouldn't hash this out on the air, Chris? Me either. Dr. Jesse, pretend you are a governor of Texas and you've just learned the White House is going to implement emergency powers to stop all elections until further notice. So that doesn't happen. They claim too much white supremacy and anti-government types will outvote re reasonable Americans. 
You know it is to what do you do? Seize all the military equipment in the state? Cheers. Well, I mean, it's a bit of a hypothetical. They're not going to do that. Well, not yet. I imagine they probably will try to do that one day. But part of the reason I've been encouraging people so much to balkanize, if possible, move. If at all possible, move. Get out of your blue area, move to a red area. When you get to the red area, don't get there and just relax. Get there and fortify it. Get there and run for school board, run for city council, run for sheriff, run for DA, run for the state house. Get there and fortify your area. Make these deep, dark red safe havens for people to escape to. This accomplishes two things. One, it gives you the power of the state in that area on your side. Two, it actually chases out the communists who don't want to live under this. I'm already getting things online from realtors in places like Austin, where these crazy abortion lovers are, are packing up and moving out of the state because of the Texas abortion law. This is a good thing. You see, by playing offense, like I talk about all the time, by playing offense, you finally put them on their heels. You put them on the run. Put them on the run. Make them retreat. Take back ground from them. Back to your question, though, the states, people don't realize how much power the states really have. The United States of America, I know this our, our view of government has been so twisted up and messed up through the years. The United States of America is not the federal government. It is not the federal government at all. The United States of America is 50 states with their own governments and their own rules. And yes, I realize the feds have gotten way, 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 way too big, way too big. But states still have tons of power, and that's where we need to be focused on in the future, state and local level. I know Congress is sexy. I know the Senate is sexy and the presidency is sexy. We got to take back the House and let's get the Senate with the win the presidency. And that stuff does matter. It is important. As you see, look, you see the direction it goes when we get a bad one. That stuff does matter. It really does. But the true battle that we need to be fighting is the local battle, the local battle. And there are a lot of reasons for that. One of the main ones is the federal government is broken beyond repair. It is broken beyond repair. This is from townhall.com. Democrats are blocking efforts to get answers on Afghanistan. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. Why, why am I talking about that? How does that come up? Why does it, what does this matter at all, Jesse? I don't understand why this shows how broken it is. I'll tell you in just a second. But first, allow me to tell you about the sale of the year. Sale of the year at my pillow, and you know how much I love my pillow stuff, and how much I love the company anyway. I mean, Mike Lindell, he's out there getting bombarded by the communists for the things he's trying to do to save this country. And how often do you and me talk about being more purposeful with where we spend our money? Go to mypillow.com right now, click on the radio listener specials, and use the promo code Jesse. You get 50% off Giza Dream Sheets right now, but it's temporary. 50% off. And as I've told you, get two pair. If you can, if you can afford it, get two sets of Giza Dream Sheets. 
That way, when one's in the wash, you get to throw the other fresh one on your bed. Because once you sleep in these, you really are not going to enjoy sleeping in anything else. MyPillow.com, radio listener specials. Use the promo code JESSE. Go, enjoy your Giza dream sheets. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. There is someone. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday and Ask Dr. Jesse Friday heading into a Labor Day weekend. I was talking about the rot of the system and how the federal government is probably broken beyond repair. Democrats are currently blocking efforts to get answers on Afghanistan. And this is just yet another example in the long line of examples of why our system is completely corrupt completely corrupt, completely broken. The federal government just pulled off the most embarrassing international foreign policy failure in half a century. There's, there's not even a good way to spin how embarrassing and awful this Afghan pullout was, how we conducted ourselves there, and what's happening now. There's not a way to spin it. Not one person has resigned. Not one person has stepped up to the microphone and said, mm, you know, that's on me. That is on me. I made a script. Not one. Even, even Millie, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, even Defense Secretary Austin, nobody has resigned. Nobody has stepped up and said, wow, I really shouldn't be conducting myself this way. I shouldn't be conducting myself this way at all. I have screwed up. I screwed up the pullout. I got our guys killed. We left American civilians behind. I feel bad about this. Governments that never take accountability at all for any of the mistakes they make, those governments are not long. They are not salvageable and not long for this world. They're, this system is so corrupted, I do believe we are going to see changes and maybe not good changes in the future. I do. I do. We cannot continue this way with these huge, huge failures, huge failures in front of the world, huge failures. And then not one person saying, oh, I, I messed that up. I messed that up. Afghanistan's just another example in it. I mean, Chris, play cut one for me. This is Joe Biden. This is Joe Biden with a disastrous a disastrous jobs report coming out. This is Joe Biden and what he had to say about it. Today's report shows that the steps we've taken, passing the rescue plan and vaccinating 175 million people, make our economy capable of growing and adding jobs, even in the face of this continuing Delta surge. There's no question the Delta variant is why today's job report isn't stronger. I know people were looking and I was hoping for a higher number. But next week, I'll lay out the next steps that are going to we're going to need to combat the Delta variant. The the Delta variant? I'm sorry, Joe. I'm, we were asking you about the jobs reported, but you brought up the de never any accountability from anybody. 
So if we, and look, it's not as if I expect these people to be upstanding human beings and immediately fall on their sword. Oh, I feel so bad for what I've done for America. I understand these are all soulless monsters, but if we can't ever get a slight, ah, my bad out of them, you know what it actually tells me? They're not going to dig in and fix anything. They're not going to fix anything. If nobody says I was wrong, then they don't think anything needs fixing. And if nothing needs fixing, then we're stuck with these idiots and losers forever. We have huge changes that are needed, gigantic changes that are needed at the federal level in this country. But how are we ever going to get those changes if you never admit anything's wrong? You know, if you put on uh, 75 pounds over the COVID lockdown stuff, Okay, it's not the end of the world. We all have our fat days and good days. And you need to get your butt back in the gym and get in better shape. It's not the end of the world, right? Okay, well, it's not, not exactly in peak performance my whole life either. However, if you gain 75 pounds during coronavirus and think to yourself, man, I'm killing it. I'm doing awesome. I feel good. Well, that's a big problem. That's a big problem. You see... Struggling with things that you've screwed up, that's how you overcome them. That's good. Oh, I'm Jesse. I'm struggling with this. Jesse, I drink too much. Jesse, I got too fat. Jesse, I got... look, we all struggle with all those things. That's good. The fact that you're struggling means it's good. It means you're going to overcome it. The federal government, they're not struggling with anything. They're 75 pounds overweight. They have a bottle of whiskey with lunch every single day. And they look in the mirror every single night and think, ooh, nice. You're really, really killing it out here. Good job. Gosh. Jesse, you are the New Rights spiritual leader. I'm nobody's spiritual leader. My town is getting blue. It is pointless arguing at, and it is pointless arguing. I can't know how to say this sentence. It is pointless arguing at and fight an enemy who hates you alongside those who hate themselves. I'm thinking of moving the family to a medium rare red city in Montana, Kalispell. You can get more done politically and socially around people uh, of like mind. I know you are from Montana. Why didn't you go back there? Thanks for all you do. You can read my name on the air. His name is Dean. <clears throat> well, you know, I was born in Ohio and we moved to Montana when I was 10 years old. And people who've never been out West in states like Montana and Wyoming, you don't understand how wild it is. And this is not an insult to it. I love it. But how wild it is. We used to, we would go elk hunting when I was a kid. And we would hop on horses. And we would uh, tow mules behind the horses with all of our gear. And we would ride on horseback. We'd ride up into the mountains. And when you were up there in the mountains, uh, you think you know what country is. You know for a fact there is nobody around for miles and miles and miles and miles in any direction. Nobody. In that moment, you're the only person on earth. And it's really, really, really cool. And it's beautiful. My folks still live up there. It is an awesome place and a healthy way to grow up. I mean, I got in plenty of trouble when I was a kid. It's, I know you're going to find that shocking. I got in plenty of trouble when I was a kid. But still, it was a healthier way to grow up. If we were going to... Uh, Go drink beer on a Friday night or something like that. Not necessarily something I would recommend, obviously, but I was a bad kid, whatever. If you're, if you're going to go drink beer on Friday night, we would. But 
generally not in somebody's house. I mean, that happened. We would knock off school on Friday, go home, and you start packing, sleeping bags, guns, everything else, and you drive up into the mountains, and we would go camp out. And we would build fire you, right when you got there. You just, it was part of the responsibility of it. You dig in, you're building fires, you're cooking food. When we would leave, we would always clean up after ourselves because people in Montana are extremely adamant about keeping the place clean as you should be. Don't be a litter idiot. But it, it's a, so that was a long way of saying it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful place. I love it. I still visit whenever I can. Now it's not exactly on the way, but I, I, I love it and visit whenever I can. I love it. It's beautiful. However, there is a reason I, I don't live up there right now, and I will, I will explain in just a second. Close to the end here, but not quite. You still get a couple more segments with me. And then it's Labor Day weekend time. Remember, if you missed any part of the show, I know you're just hanging on my every word. What, Chris? You can catch the whole show on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, make sure you leave a five-star rating there. Subscribe and leave a review discussing how handsome I am. According to Chris, we actually have new reviews. (laughs) And if he thinks I'm not going to look some up right now as we speak, just so I can read them on the show, he has another thing coming. But what, Chris? It's fine. It's totally fine. (laughs) Back to your... uh, The question was, uh, the guy's thinking about moving to Montana. Why am I not back there? One, you should go. But I do want to tell you a couple things. The reason I'm not back there is this. My career has taken me a different direction. I went down this path running for Congress and then working in DC and then selling RVs. And it just, my, my career never took me back there. That's one. Two, I don't want to shovel snow anymore. I'm not anti-snow. I'm not anti-winter. I love sledding and skiing and all these things. I love it. But there is just, there is something about waking up in the morning and before you go to school or before you go to work, having to grab a snow shovel and go shovel out your driveway. And I know that I know this makes me sound terrible and lazy and anything you say to me right now is going to be a hundred percent true. All that stuff's fine. I don't want to shovel snow anymore. I don't. I don't want to shovel snow and I'm six foot eight. What Jesse, what does that have to do with Montana? I have to fly around a lot for my job. 
I get to go visit markets and go do this for TV and go do this for radio. And I, I, I just have to travel. Travel's become part of my life now. I'm not complaining about it. It's not like I have a hard life or a hard job. You have a real job. I, I talk on the radio and TV. I'm not complaining about it, but I have to travel a lot. When you're six foot eight, travel is, it's not enjoyable. It's not backbreaking. It's not enjoyable at all. If I'm flying somewhere, I want to spend as little time on the airplane as possible. I know what you're saying, Jesse. It's not like I love the plane. You don't hate the plane like I hate the plane. With my knees buried into the seat in front of me. Or I have to spend like twice as much money and fly first class. I don't like spending twice as much money to fly first class. I could just see the look on Chris's face if he had to spend twice as much money to fly first class. Chris probably asks if he can fly in the cargo hold for half, for half price, but that's another story. I'm too tall. Montana doesn't have major cities. They, they just don't. So there's not major airports. They have airports. Don't get me wrong. They're not all riding horses. There are airports and you can fly in and out of Billings in Kalispell and Bozeman and Butte and all these. They have airports, but they're not huge ones. I need to live within driving distance of a major airport. That way I can get direct flights as often as humanly possible. That's where I'm coming from when it comes to Montana. And it's not like I have the option of going there right now anyway, or some desire to. But if I did, if all things being equal, I need to be near a big airport. Dear Oracle, what is your favorite movie? Movie. One of mine is Indiana Jones. I consider it to be one of the best movies of all time behind Star Wars. I want to watch Jaws, but my dad wouldn't let me. What do you think? He says I can say his name. His name is Cooper. Indiana Jones movies, I, I love these things. And I absolutely love these things. And here's the problem. My kids like them, but they don't love them. And one of the reasons I love Indiana Jones movies is... They remind me of the time when entertainment was simply better. It was good guys and bad guys, good versus evil. It wasn't a constant stream of left-wing lectures from Hollywood. It was just fun, just good action and fun. If you watch Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and you're watching Harrison Ford with Sean Connery, and you don't enjoy yourself, you don't enjoy that movie, that's a you problem. Or or you're a woman. Because women just have the most dreadful taste in, in movies and in shows. And I know, ladies, I know I'm going to get hate mail after this. But just last night, just last night, started to, uh, was sitting around with the wife after work was done. We'd done dinner. And we decided we were going to watch something. Just let's try to find something to watch. I turn on some show. I'm not even, even going to give out the name of it because... Uh, I'm just not going to bother with the name of it. I don't want to promote it when I don't know how bad or good it is yet, but I'd heard the show was really, really good. It was a, it was a, it was a one year show and we get five minutes into the show and it's all about uh, drug running and criminal empires and the Italian mob and the Mexican cartels. Like it's, it's just awesome. As interesting as it gets, right? This Godfather versus it's just as good as it gets It's as cool as it can get. They start speaking in Italian subtitles because part of it takes place in Italy. She was out like that. Are we going to have to read this whole movie? And I said, I don't think, 
I don't think we're going to have to read the whole movie. Could we give it, you know, 20 minutes to see if we can get into it? <sighs> you know what? I'm just going to turn it off. I'm just going to turn it off. Every guy knows exactly what I'm talking about. And Chris, I cannot believe you've never seen Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade. What kind of an upbringing did you have? Have you seen have you seen any of the Indiana Jones movies? No, but you know he has like a whip. Oh man, I'm so stressed. I'm so stressed right now. Chris, please watch some of these movies. And I mean, they really, they're really good movies. Really good movies. Dear Jesse, do you think all those soccer moms who voted for Biden realize they likely signed their kids up for the draft and almost certain warfare? She signs it, stay handsome, and says I can say her name. Her name is Diane. I'm going to read something for you right now. And we're going to have an absolutely 100% offensive talk right here on the Jesse Kelly Show because it's time for us to have a two-way conversation and go over something here. This is a poll that just came out. And do me a quick favor when I say poll. Do not email me or respond to me and say, oh, polls, those are all lying. Oh, the polls lie. The polls lie. I understand the polls are oftentimes skewed against the Republican. I understand without question polls are used to lie all the time. I know they lie. I know they're not set in stone. However, if all of them reflect the same thing, it can oftentimes be a pretty good indicator of the truth. I, I, I get there are lying polls out there. Just don't email me that, please. So this is a new ABC Washington Post poll this morning about Joe Biden's job approval. I'm going to read you some numbers and just stay with me until we get down to the last one. Overall, Joe Biden's job approval is absolutely in the toilet. 44% approve, 51% disapprove. Just as a quick reference, that's generally a disaster for the president. If he can't get these numbers up, which he probably will by the midterms, they will get just slaughtered in the midterm elections. Democrats, of course, approve of him, 86 to 12. This is the part that really kills him. Independence, 36 to 57. So Joe Biden is cratering with the people he needs to win elections and win elections for his party. Independence, 36 out of 50 or 36 out of 57. GOP, 8 and 89. With men, 35% disapprove or 35% approve. 60% of men disapprove. So Joe Biden's in deep, deep, deep trouble, right? Deep trouble. Hmm. But then there's this next category. You want to know what this next category has to say? Let's have a really offensive talk for our last segment. Hang on one second. But first, you need some gold. You must have some gold in your possession. And I don't mean a piece of paper saying there's some gold out there with your name on it somewhere. Have physical gold. Nothing crazy either. I'm not telling you to go out back and build a bunker in your backyard, although that would be sweet if you did. I'm telling you to take basic precautions. We have some serious, serious economic troubles right now. Huge supply chain dislocation. There's a lot of uncertainty out there. The sharp money guys are buying gold and they're buying it from Oxford Gold Group. They will put real gold in your hands. 
Call Oxford Gold Group today, 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. Make sure you tell them Jesse told you to call Oxford Gold Group. For gold, you can hold. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. Jesse Kelly show on a Friday. I read for you before we went into this segment about Joe Biden's job approval ratings. There's a new Washington Post ABC poll out there and it showed Joe Biden taking a slaughtering in job approval. I mean, pretty much everybody, right? Independence he was underwater with 36 to 57 independence. Of course, Dems love him. 35 to 60 with men. Now, before I read this next one, I want you to just take just just a brief moment. Walk with me here. Take a brief moment. I want you to think about Joe Biden's presidency so far. You, you really don't even have to be a partisan to consider this presidency an absolute disaster. Uh, the inflation numbers. Right when he gets in, he cancels the Keystone Pipeline. Job's gone. We have the biggest foreign policy disaster in half a century took place not, under, not only under his watch, by his guidance. We also have a president. We have a president who is not a functional adult. And don't give me that. Don't give me any. Everyone can see it. He, we have a president who can't hold a thought in his head. He can't complete sentences. He does not look well. He looks like a fading old man by any measure. By any measure, the first eight months of Biden's presidency was a complete disaster. You want to know his job approval with women? He's above water by 10%. 53% of women approve of the job Joe Biden's doing. Only 43% disapprove. You want to tell me how we're supposed to fix that? Do you want to explain to me how... You can, survey, you can survey the most disastrous presidency, at least for the first eight months. It would, it would be unfair to say most disastrous ever. The most disastrous eight, first eight months of a presidency in the history of the United States of America and the pretty significant majority of women in the United States of America look at it and say, oh, this is nice. This is so much better than those tweets. Isn't he, isn't he nice, Bill? He makes me feel good. Look, what do you want me to say? I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what got lost in translation with American women. I do not. I, I don't know whether this is just women around the world are the same way. I don't know what the deal is. And I'm not talking about you specifically, because the women I know are honestly, some of them are actually to the right of me, if you believe it or not, that, 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 that's actually possible. So it's obviously not every woman. I'm not saying that. I'm talking on a macro level. I mean, we have to look at trends. How does this keep happening? And this is not like an outlier poll. So again, don't do that obnoxious thing. Ah, oh, the polls are all lie. Oh, shut up. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. That's the... the Polls can be an indicator of things. Consistently, exit poll after exit poll after exit poll show 
about 60%, 57, 58% of women in the United States of America vote Democrat every single time. Joe Biden got 57% of the vote. He's still above water 10, 10 points with women. How are we supposed to fix this thing? How are we supposed to fix this thing when 60% of the women in America have surveyed the worst worst presidency in the country or worst presidency in the country's history after eight months and say to themselves, oh, I like this. How are we supposed to fix that? I'm all ears. I genuinely want to know. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I really want to know. How are we supposed to fix that? And allow me to clarify something. As you know, I don't care if you get offended. It just doesn't bother me at all. But a really helpful rule for life I've found is if it doesn't apply to you, don't apply it to you. So don't send me an email saying, that's not true. I'm a woman and I vote Republican. I I know that. I know that. 60% of our women do not. How did we fail them? What did We clearly have failed some sort of generational guidance here. How did we fail them? What did we do wrong? We've done something wrong as a nation if we've lost 60% of our women to the communists. Moving on here, trying to wrap these up before the show's over. Who would win in a fight between a platypus and a koala bear? I say platypus. You know they're poisonous, Chris? They have these... They have these little stinger things. I think they're on their their little platypus weird webbed feet, though. But they have these little stinger things on there. They do. So I'm I'm saying platypus all day. What a what an odd creature. I mean, sometimes sometimes I really just want to ask God about it. What an odd creature. Could you could you go through? Not that I'm questioning you, Lord. I, I would never. Could you go through the thought process when you were putting together the platypus? Chris said he was nodding off a bit. Chris said that, Lord. I didn't say that. Chris said it. Send the lightning strike that way. Hey, Jesse, my daughter is now 14 years old and enjoys doing things on her own with her friends. My husband and I have raised her to respect firearms, and she knows how to use them safely. I have a unique position where I've seen a lot of evil in this world, especially involving young pretty girls, which she is. We are conflicted on something. Even though it's not legal, we want her to carry a handgun with her at all times, concealed. If she gets caught, it could get her in a lot of trouble, but I would like to know she is safe. What would you do in our shoes? She is homeschooled, so I'm referring to when she is out recreationally. Oh, I would have that young lady carry a weapon. Here's the thing. I, 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 don't, I don't ever encourage anybody to break the law or something like that. It's not, it's not that. There are things that matter more to me than the law. I try to be a law-abiding citizen. I've obviously failed at that once or twice in my life. I I, I believe in being a law-abiding citizen. But when it comes to the life of one of my sons, of my wife, of things like that, I don't care about your laws. Your laws will be no comfort to me if I have to bury one of my sons because something terrible happened and he wasn't properly prepared. I don't care about the law. I, when it comes to that, I don't care. Especially if I had a pretty 14-year-old girl with the monsters we have in this world. Shoot, make sure she can carry. If she's responsible enough and can use it safely, I say let her roll. All right. Keep your chin up. It was an awesome Ask Dr. Jesse Friday on the Jesse Kelly Show. You really killed it with your questions. That's all. 